0: Hi, I'm Matt Rubell, and welcome to Retails from the Frontline. We are here today with a very, very special guest on a sunny, bright spring afternoon in New York City, and it is the CEO of WW International, formerly Weight Watchers. But beyond that, one of the most spectacular merchant marketing minds in the trend-related consumer products area for the past couple of decades, and a top 50 women in the world of business for multiple years, as listed by the Financial Times. Yes, it's Mindy Grossman. So, Mindy, welcome.
1: I'm so thrilled to be here.
0: Well, you know, Mindy, one of the things that has been so interesting about your career and what you've been able to do is that you have traveled across so many different categories of of merchandise and goods and ways to connect with consumers. Talk to us a little bit about what first actually got you started.
1: I've always had an innate curiosity around what is going to connect with people. I've also always had this love of transformation or growth and being able to take something and either reinvent it or ignite it. And I started out in the menswear industry. And I always say I started out in sales. And the reason that I was a great salesperson is I never sold anything to anyone. I thought of people's needs. um, What were they thinking? What was going to really satisfy what they were looking for. And I do that to this day. And what I find in business is that too many people look at what's right in front of them. They look at what it is versus what it could be. And the second thing I find is that too many people stay in their lane. So if you're in the beauty business, you hang out with the beauty business. If you're in The fashion business, you live in the fashion world. And in today, there are no lanes
0: anymore. So you've transformed. You were one of the first people to bring color into the menswear business. You were one of the first women to work in the menswear business. You then went to a wonderful company, but filled with a lot of athletes at Nike, where you really brought a fashion flair and a woman's sense of style into that. So what made you understand that you could take something that was just pure athletic performance driven and turn that into athletics meets style? So as you look at reinvention, let's go back there and then we'll work our way forward.
1: Sure, just to talk a little bit, I'd say the first true transformation of a business that I was able to help drive was actually the Chaps Ralph Lauren business. It was a business not performing, not very credible or aspirational. And I saw an opportunity within the menswear industry in retail. You had all these stores that had Polo Ralph Lauren shops. So I had two strategies. One, for the stores that had Polo Ralph Lauren create a whole new concept in menswear, which is now every day, called main floor collections, where it was the first time we took categories of business and merchandised merchandised them together on the main floor. And then for the stores that didn't have Polo Ralph Lauren, we put in freestanding shops. And it completely reinvented the business and was able to grow the business from 23 million not making money to 250 million making a lot of money and it's what propelled me forward to start Polo Jeans company and find a new niche
0: so pause for one second i mean you go from working with Ralph Lauren one of the most amazing entrepreneurs in creating status and lifestyle and fashion and then you go to work with Phil Knight Again, one of the most amazing entrepreneurs. What did you learn from those two, and what were the differences that you walked away with that you're able to carry forward?
1: You know, I've been very fortunate to have worked almost solely for entrepreneurs my entire career. So I think that's well, we'll what, get to Barry Diller I, yeah, and others yeah. later. But so. I think I think that's what's made me an entrepreneur, whatever you want to call it. I would say from Ralph, both the power of the brand and how the The brand, the truth of the brand has to permeate everything you do. And one of the things I always remember him saying is, well, two things. One, it's more important as a brand what you decide to say no to than what you ultimately say yes to, because violating any part of that is going to not ring true to your core consumer. And I remember him, I'd be standing in the showroom and he'd say to me, Mindy, tell me why that's Ralph Lauren before there's a logo on it. What is the essence of what this brand is and what it could be? And I've held that to anything I've done on any brand. And I would say, you know, if you think about Nike with Phil, it's certainly the power of culture that has moved that brand forward, but also knowing who you serve.
0: So really, I mean, if I go back and I look for the common theme that seems to be emerging in your ability to transform things, what you really do is there's almost like it's almost like this curatorial shopping experience where you're out there and you have this laser-like ability to understand the ingredients that lay with both a brand, a consumer set— and then what will invigorate that brand within that consumer set at the same time, and then just pulling that together in a highly different orchestrated manner, almost like an orchestra and a symphony, and bringing different instruments to play in different ways.
1: Exactly.' It's, what is the functional need, what is the emotional need, and what is the human need? And you know, what, what I've been saying, especially today, today, and the brands of the future, and we 're in a dev- very different world today because of technology is it is so important to take technology plus meaning together and galvanizing them in whatever business you 're in and whatever product you 're in to help people attach to it in a more emotional connected way community and but both community but bringing meaning fulfilling a need you know that people have and the other critical thing about today that I really try and articulate every time I'm talking to anyone is people have a different version of who they think their competition is. And it goes back to they think their competition is someone else that looks like them. And the reality is your competition is the best great experience that someone had. And so if their last experience was seamless and it was through technology and it was either their uber or their amazon delivery what that is their expectations of what you're delivering them is not just the product it's the experience as well and is it seamless did it serve a need because if you don't that's who you're being compared to
0: so it's not how do i look it's how do i feel it's both Yeah. Oh, Okay. So it's bringing the combination of those things together, which is a very hard thing to do. And so you've done it so consistently over so many years with so many different categories. What's been the biggest challenge? Because you don't just transform brands or units within brands. You've transformed businesses successfully. So they've also been economically incredibly successful. How do you do that and bring everybody along when you see things that others don't?
1: I would say that transformation is the most overused word in business today. What is transformation? It is profound, radical change that is going to result in change in perception and change in business trajectory. And it's, it's very important. And it is not a linear path. And it's not overnight. And if you're going to do that, first of all, you have to decide if that's in your DNA, and you want to do that. Second, you you, have to
0: have risk tolerance. You
1: you have to be able to take risk. And you mentioned Barry Diller before.
0: I was going to ask you about, he partnered with you in the reinvention. I mean, he put you in to go and reinvent HSN. When he gave you that assignment, you reinvented it and grew it at the same time profitably. What was the assignment he had originally given you?
1: Well, actually, the, the story there is I got in a call about potentially running IAC Retail, which was at the time, which was HSN in the catalog portfolio, but HSN really was what needed to be transformed, and said, would you have lunch with Barry Diller? And I really was not familiar with the business. And I said, well, okay, this is interesting, because I had said I would be very interested in a business that can really leverage what's happening in mobile and video technology. Brands were becoming distribution captive. Storytelling needed to be at the forefront of Getting brands to connect to customers and all of those things, so I said, give me a couple of weeks before I go meet with Barry because I want to have a point of view and I'm delving into this, and there was literally one moment that I was watching HSN and going back and forth between HSN and Food Network, and I'm going, what would I what would I do with this like what is the next wave? And I click from Food Network onto HSN, and one of the only personalities we had at the time was Wolfgang Puck. And he was on, and he was galvanizing and funny, and he was selling, but you didn't feel like you were being
0: sold to. He was storytelling.
1: He was totally engaging in storytelling. And this light bulb went off in my head that said, this network needs to become a multi-platform brand. Or series of brands, and I I coined the word editorial program commerce. So what we could do is what Food Network and HGTV and Style and DIY were doing, but people could actually get the product. So how do you think of yourselves more of a destination and a lifestyle and entertaining while you're also compelling people to want something that will fit into their lives.
0: So you moved from just transactional selling into the desire that you talked about earlier, the aesthetic, brought personality to it and brought the stories to life through a whole different medium versus being in store.
1: And I think that's so important today. And it goes back to what I said earlier. I was a great salesperson because I never sold. We sold a lot and grew the business because we story told in a way that allowed people to understand why this was a product that served a need that they wanted. And the reason we launched so many entrepreneurs, brands really have more and more of a difficult time telling their story. It's better today because we have social media and digital platforms, but to really get out there in a mass way, that's what we were able to do and partner with incredible brands.
0: Was attracting talent in the storytelling and ability to create a part of your success at HSN?
1: Well, it was the element of success, particularly as we relaunched the brand. And I'm very fortunate that over the course of my career, I've not only been focused on myself, I've actually focused on making other people successful Mm -hmm. and building relationships of trust and Know real connection. So when I got to HSN, it wasn't exactly the sexy place to be, considering I was coming from Nike, where you're the cool kid no matter what you do. So all of a sudden, I have to attract brands, and the network had not relaunched yet. So I had to go out and say, This is what we're going to be, this is what we're going to bring. And I was very, very fortunate. Did that people believe you? You really do find out who your friends are. I'm going to tell you that right now. But as I said, you know, one of Barry's, you know, big statements is risk-taking and boldness is the essence of transformation. And part of that is finding people who trust you enough that they're willing to take the risk with you. So I was able to do an incredible partnership with Sephora that allowed me to onboard 40 beauty brands. Overnight, that we had never had. And what you find is once you get the right people to the party, everybody wants to go to the party, right? You know, as much as it was campy, who didn't want to get an invite to the Met Ball, right? And that's what starts happening. And if, in addition to that, you build a culture where people want to be part of it and they feel welcomed and connected and they have success that makes all the difference.
0: So you didn't just really reinvent HSN, you really brought editorial selling to life Across. in a category that hadn't hadn't really right. had it in that manner, which now transforms itself into the next reinvention, which is going from Weight Watchers to WW International and moving from just watching your weight, which was, and is a very important thing, into the mindset of today's consumer, where it's really about health and wellness. There's a company called Weight Watchers, and you've moved from great brands to creating brands. So, you know, now you've created one, you know, or reinvented one on your own at HSN, and you built this great community up. What made you think, oh my gosh, I can now go to Weight Watchers and reinvent it? So...
1: You know, as I mentioned, I was spending a lot of my time really understanding where the consumer was going next, what was going to be important, whether it was in product or whether it was in how we were connecting with people. And that's when I started talking around the world on this idea of technology plus meaning helping people lead more connected lives, which really took me very much into the health and wellness space. On the other side, I love legacy brands that have power with people and have positivity. And, you know, Weight Watchers at the time, you know, was formed in 1963, and it's been transforming lives for all of that time. It built on the power of healthy nutrition to lose weight. So critical, the power of community, which in today's world is more important than ever. So
0: it was an early mover in community and actually nutritional ways to lose weight.
1: And the other thing to me is in many cases when people go in to transform a company, the first thing they have to transform is the product. We had an incredible product in terms of nutrition and weight loss, but consumers today want so much more. I had seen in October 2015 that Oprah had come in and bought 10% of the company. But in addition to that, it was the first time I heard that the company wanted to go beyond weight to a more holistic version of weight loss. And
0: Can I just pause, though? Yes. I mean, Phil Knight, Ralph Lauren, Oprah Winfrey, Barry Diller. I mean, oh my gosh, these are the most amazing people to be partners, teachers in building businesses. I mean, it's, it's a it must be a really interesting gift. So what was the special ingredient you saw in Oprah when you actually met her? Not the TV stuff, but when you actually talked to her face-to-face.
1: Well, it's really interesting because when I started speaking with uh, the company, I went out and spent a day with her at her home in California. And because I really wanted to understand what she saw, did she see the same thing that I saw? What was that impetus for her? And it was that here was this brand that had had tremendous impact on people for many years, that powered community, that had an incredible product. But her goal is to really help people lead more fulfilled, connected lives of meaning. And that was my goal. I said, if we do this in a world where people are not living the healthiest lives they can, we're actually in a health crisis globally today, and obesity is a very big factor of that, but it's even bigger than that. Not only will we deliver a financial return on equity, we will deliver a human return on equity. And at this point in my career, that was very, very powerful to me to be able to to do that. And this idea that this brand could become a complete ecosystem of wellness that enables people to really gain the healthy habits they need to live
0: a sustainable and long term healthier life. So, you're transforming something founded in the 60s, right? And doing that, where are you in that journey to make that evolution come to life?
1: We've made a lot of progress in the last, you know, since I've been there, 18 months plus. But it goes back to remembering that transformation is a journey. And what I say to people, is there are some very important elements if you're really going to transform a business today, especially one that's public, that's visible. One, as a CEO coming in, be very clear what it is the mutual expectations are with the board. So I had written a five-page manifesto to the board saying, this is everything I see, this is what I think we can do, and this is the power I think we can have, and these are the elements. Are we aligned? Because... I think it's more critical today than ever. I mean, we've both seen in the last couple of years the number of less than two years CEO turnover, and a lot of it is alignment. So that was very important to me. The second thing was having the investment dollars.
0: Creating alignment both with your team below and the team that's kind of the advocates for the shareholder is really critical.
1: So board alignment, making sure you have the investment dollars, because in any transformation of a legacy brand, you have to change the tires while the car is going. So you have to be able to invest and you have to move quickly. And then you have to galvanize the entire organization around the vision, the purpose, the mission, and the strategy. And you have to make sure that's done in a very uniform fashion. So everybody's aligned. And that was a big part of what the, what I did when I came in, the first thing you have to do, whether it was HSN, whether it was Weight Watchers, you have to galvanize your internal culture. So as
0: the consumers are learning more about WW, once they understand the new WW, what are they telling you that they love about it?
1: Well, what's been incredibly exciting is we have – impacted so many people. So now you have a brand that is, you know, has all positive attribution, but needed to be moved forward in terms of relevancy and in terms of brand for me, et cetera. And so the first thing we had to do was redefine our purpose and our impact that we wanted to have the world and the strategy. So we inspire healthy habits for real life for people, for families, for communities, the world, for everyone and democratize the definition of wellness. Now, wellness to us is, you know, what you put in your body, how you move your body, how your mind is supporting your efforts, how we're going to motivate you and how we're going to make you part of community and give you support.
0: Well, this lines up basically, though, with your total approach that you've shown in other things, because you're really talking holistically again, so you are holistically approaching the reinvention and really matching it to where the consumer is today. So Very much so. But I
1: think the other thing that's really important that we have articulated and is at the, the front, you know, phase, we will never lose our leadership globally in healthy weight loss. That's why we've been number one nine years in a row, because a big part of Wellness and holistic wellness has to be healthy weight loss for many people.
0: Everybody's got to have their one thing that they yeah. always go for. And
1: you know, unfortunately, in today's world, if you ask, you know, a hundred thousand people, do they want to get healthier? They're going to say yes. If you say to them, "What's the first thing you have to do?" Over seventy-five percent are going to say, "Lose weight." We have an obesity epidemic, and the trickle-down effect of that in diabetes and other, you know, diseases is staggering. and If we do not do something, millennials would be the most obese generation in history, and my two-and-a-half-year-old grandchild will have a better chance of being obese and unhealthy than being healthy. That is staggering. And so what I say to our organization is we not only have the permission, we have the responsibility to help people lead sustainable, healthy lives and give them the tools to do that and have the right partners who are going to help us amplify and accelerate those efforts. And that's very much what Oprah's vision was too. You know, she has used her platform and her voice, and she is the ultimate discerning what she will do and what she won't put her efforts against. And she wants to be able to give people the path and the tools to help them lead a healthier life. And that's what we're galvanized against. And to do that, we had to be more than just a diet or more than just a beginning and an end. We need to be a partner to people. And what we say is if you have Spotify for music and Amazon for shopping and Netflix for entertainment, we want to be your everything app for wellness. And we want to give you the community support, whether it's digital, whether it's physical, around the world. And what we're seeing, our brand, Engagement, relevancy, and modernity is at an all-time high. Our retention is at an all-time high. We ended the quarter about 4.6 million subscribers high. And the reason being is we're providing so much value to people. If you just look in one year, adding a new nutrition program, more proprietary content, the science behind FitPoints, integrating audio fitness, integrating headspace for mindset, launching a loyalty and rewards program that rewards you for the efforts you take in your health, deepening our connect, which is our digital community platform and adding groups. So you're a bride, you could be with the bride group, you can find other people like you, and 24 seven coaching. So for us, our big opportunity now that we've relaunched the brand and the idea of WW and wellness that works in this ecosystem of wellness, it is obviously resonating with the people that we have. It's just telling that story at a broader, deeper level. And actually, we recently started a new division of the company that's around community events and contact content activation. Which will be launching and then really growing aggressively in the back half in the beginning of next
0: year. Mindy, you are absolutely mind blowing in terms of the amount of things that you are are doing and have doing besides actually helping with the UN and UNICEF and all sorts of other other things but you've worked with these great entrepreneurs that we've talked about but you've become a great leader yourself. So if you turn around and were to give someone advice who's looking at reinventing a business and you wanted to just give them kind of what we call the ding-dong answer, you know, of two or three things that they need to think about, what would those two or three things be?
1: So A couple of different things. It goes along with risk-taking and boldness of the essence of transformation, but understand the difference between risk and suicide. If you are truly going to transform, you really have to set the vision for what you want the ultimate mission and purpose and impact to be. And then surround yourself with the talent, the team, the organization and culture that are going to get you there. The second thing as the CEO, you have to be omnipresent. You have to be the chief motivator, storyteller, galvanizer, because if you're not telling the story every day, that story is going to be told for you. And you have to believe in it so wholeheartedly yourself that you can communicate it. And I tell everyone, especially you know younger people, the absolute profound power of self-belief, because If you don't have self-belief and if you don't have self-awareness of that, why is anyone going to believe in you and the vision and the mission?
0: So self-belief, which ultimately, as you said at the beginning, begins with great listening, and that listening then translates into what you've been able to do in transform and build so many businesses and now are touching lives beyond business in what you're doing to bring health and wellness in conjunction with weight loss to people all around the world. So let me ask you one final question, which is when I go on Google, I find out all these things, but what won't I find out on Google or on social media about you that really is interesting?
1: Well, I am the most... Happy grandmother in the universe. And it's such a different element of my life. And when I tell someone I'm a 61 year old grandmother, they look at me like, how is that possible? And I'm like, that's what we look like today. You know, age is irrelevant. If you keep innate curiosity and you keep the elements of connecting with people and being relevant and being out there, it's a number.
0: So bringing that same curiosity to your grandchild and your granddaughter and bringing that love of curiosity and exploration with her.
1: That's exactly what it is. And, you know, I think the other reason I'm just so passionate about this new role and the impact we can make on people in the world is you know I'm looking at my granddaughter and my daughter who's an amazing mom and saying I want her to grow up having the best healthiest life and when I hear that our life expectancy for the last two years has gone down you know that to me is very mission-based because I don't want our children or grandchildren to experience that.
0: We're here with Mindy Grossman, one of the best brand and business reinventors, now the CEO of WW International. Thank you for joining us. I'm Matt Rubel, and this is Retails from the Frontline.